Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode four of it Just Another... It is four, another... not five. I thought it was yeah. five walking around, but it is four. Yeah. Episode four of Just Another Football Podcast. Woo! Yes. And here we are with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Betley. So, one of the lads was saying that they listened to the podcast last week, mm-hmm. and uh, he was in stitches because you put on a radio voice. Really? Yeah. I was just following instruction from the criticism. Who was that? Absolutely zero criticism. It was uh, it was Greg, I think. Oh. Um, well, we're just going to kick straight into it today because I'm so glad that Premier League football is back, even though it took me until uh, yesterday evening to pluck up the courage to watch the highlights. <laughs> um, and we're going to start with the early kickoff. Of course, on Saturday, Spurs versus Liverpool, arguably probably the big game of the weekend, because mm-hmm. Sunday's football was dire. Um, Liverpool won two one. Yep, went against my prediction of a score went, draw. Yeah, um, but it should have been a score draw because they should have had a penalty in the yes. last minute. What do you think? Oh uh, yeah, it was a penalty, but the ref was in completely the wrong position. He couldn't see it, could he? No, because he's so. All over ironically, the place. Uh, you know, last week I mentioned that VAR was probably was coming be mm-hmm. tested this weekend. It got tested on all the three o'clock kickoffs this week. Uh, obviously, they weren't allowed to use it because it's shit house. But uh, that would have completely changed the game. It was one of those ones, though. Did you not think in like real time it looked like he'd thrown himself on the floor? Um, I think just because Mane had, Mane came in from behind, so it sort of looked like that a little bit. Yeah, it was. It's, it's Stone tough Waller. to see that, but I mean, come on, the linesman should be seeing that. Yeah, Stonewall. Absolute Stonewaller. I did feel sorry for. Was it? I think was it Son that went down. Yeah, yeah I felt sorry for him. But Spurs played with no Larice or Ali on Saturday, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I thought Vaughan had a bit of a nightmare game. He's when he was at Swansea. It was at Swansea. He was out yeah. before. He was mint, wasn't he? Yeah. But he's played. But he's barely played yeah. for however many years. And like, I know it's tough being a keeper because there's only ever like one in each team. Yeah. Um, but I just think you could tell that he he's not played regularly for such a long time. Yeah, I can't, I can't even think of when his last appearance would have been. It'll have been Probably a, in a cup game, cup game season. or something, something irrelevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I thought he wasn't helped by his defence, and especially no. on the uh, on the Wijnaldum goal. Wijnaldum scored away from home. What the hell? It's a shame help. he couldn't do it for you. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Absolute bottler. Um, <laughs> he, um, I, I felt sorry for Vaughan because there's a clip of. Um, so obviously, uh, I think it's Vertonghen is like basically like molesting uh, Firmino. Uh, yeah, um, I, I had clocked that. Yeah, but then there's which would have been a penalty probably for VAR. But then um, it's funny because we last week we said how shit diet was. This week he was so shit that he was cuddling his own player. Brilliant. So Kieran Trippy is in front of him. He's just giving him a bloody bear hug on the line. He obviously thinks he's a Liverpool player, and it's just like it takes literally half a second for you to switch your head and just like look down at the player and see that it's your mate who you play with. In club football and in national football, you've been with him literally for the last like 
two years or whatever since Trippier moved to Spurs or since Dyer moved to Spurs and he's just stood cuddling on the goal line. To be fair, Dyer needs as much love as he can get after all the hate we're going to give him yeah. over over time. Well, that goal, obviously, Vaughn missed the ball and then Dyer headed it straight to Wijnaldum and then Wijnaldum scores. Yeah. Do you, uh, interesting point that uh, someone brought up, I think it was on Twitter, uh, so obviously Trippier was on the line in the World Cup uh-huh. and he got lobbed by a ball that went in. Yeah. On Saturday he was on the line and he's jumped and the ball's still gone over him and gone in. So should Trippier be on the line? No. But then, if he's short, should he be marking people? It's a tricky one, tricky, isn't it? Tricky, isn't it? Tricky. Um, Cause I, I, I would say he's probably the best player to put on the line, but the yeah. question is, why is Dyer there? Giving him a hug. Yeah, giving him a hug. <laughs> like, I know they wanted to put pressure on Vorm Liverpool because they were... Because Spurs were like, had a shit goal. If there's no one on Vorm, then you don't need that player there. Yeah, exactly. It's just... Do you not think he looks like a big baby? Who? Dyer, with his hair cut short. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the last time I'm going to talk about haircuts today. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, the other player I want to talk about is uh, Dembele for Spurs. I thought he had a, a terrible game. He was, a couple of seasons ago, was probably the best midfielder in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. What's happened to him, Josh? Oh, I can't work out why Pochettino set up four four two with like a diamond four in the middle against Liverpool. Yeah. Like, where is their threat? Out wide and up top. Yeah. Why are you playing a narrow formation? Like, uh, it, it just, I get, probably, he was probably trying to boss the midfield and argue that like, if they can't supply the front three from midfield, then they're not going to be a threat. But like, I think those front, front three at Liverpool would be a threat regardless. Yeah. Um, I just, sometimes you got, I think you question Pochettino's tactics um, but on the flip side it should have been 2-2 yeah so it's one of those like but they shouldn't have gone 2-0 down in the first place yeah we um, can we can sit here and criticise tactics all day but like if the if the players haven't followed his instructions then that's not really his fault is it yeah that's true but they play in the Champions League uh, I can't remember if it's tonight or tomorrow night Inter Milan tonight Um how do you think they'll get on their group is like tricky yeah they're the five to six kickoff tonight or one of them at least who's in their group them into them into Barcelona and PSV it's, it's tough that bit isn't of it? a group of death that's tough um, I think they need to pick up a point tonight yes I think Inter Milan haven't haven't really been challenging for the um, Italian league title for a while um, Serie A. They're called the Scudetto. It's like the nickname, I think. Is it? Something like that. Scudetto. Insight on every yeah. Jaff Pod podcast. Um, Barcelona will win the group. Yes, I they should do. I should reckon they'll win the whole thing, personally. Uh, we'll I get would, on to that later. I would back Spurs to come second in that group. Do you think? Yeah. But they need to pick up points away from home against Milan and Eindhoven. And yes. then. So today. They need today, they need basically. a point today at least. Draw their away games. Well, ideally they'd want to beat Eindhoven away from home, wouldn't they? Yeah. Then if they beat Eindhoven at home and Inter at home, if they finish third in that group, do they go into the Europa League? Yeah. If they have a certain amount of points. 
No, I just think it's everyone who comes. So everyone that comes third in Champions League? Yeah. Well, that could be a bit of a nightmare for them. Um, right, let's move on then. Uh, Bournemouth versus Leicester. Finished 4-2 to Bournemouth. Um, Leicester had their chances, but also should have about four men on the pitch. Um, but we'll start with Bournemouth, because I've got less to talk about with them, because... We spoke. We spoke a lot about Bournemouth last week, yeah. didn't we? But um, the player I want to talk about was Ryan Fraser. What? What a game! What starts the season? I think he yeah. scored six goals last year. He's already got four. Yeah. This season, um, again, it's a shame he's Scottish, really. Yeah, I know. I worry for Matt Ritchie with uh, Ryan Fraser on one side. Uh, indeed. But um, yeah, I thought I think he's been he's been quality. His uh, his the finish for the first goal on Saturday was. Unreal mm-hmm. was unreal. Techers. Um should have had a yellow card though for a dive in yeah. the penalty area, which I initially thought Pereira had caught him to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um but then after seeing it like about fourteen times, mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't and he's just gone down. So that should have been a yellow card. Probably the only bad spot in a in a five game Premier League season so far for Ryan Fraser. Uh yeah. He's yeah. They they need goals from wherever they can get them from because yeah. they've never had like that centre forward that scored like fifteen goals in a season. Well, before Wilson got injured in his first season, I think he was banging him in, wasn't he? Yeah, he got um, like seven or eight, didn't he? And yeah. then he was out injured for the whole time. I don't know how many did Defoe get last year. Wasn't Not it? many. He didn't play much, though, did he? Yeah. I mean, Defoe is what thirty four now, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so you so can't you can't play him every week. He's yeah, always... even though he'd be like, oh, I'm the fittest I've ever been, or whatever. You're just not at 34. You're just not gonna have. He's not got that turn of pace. No. That, uh and that's what his game was based on, really. But they've got options, I think, Bournemouth, and I think they've got a good team, so they'll they'll do all right this season. I, don't, I still think they'll be in the uh, in the relegation scrap, but I don't like until February March time. But then yeah, yeah, and pull away. It. They seem to be able to play in a couple of systems as well. They set yeah. up three at the back on Saturday. We've well, seen them play four four two. I really think that. In two or three seasons, you'll see Eddie Howe at a top six club. I really do. Next England manager? Don't ruin your career, Eddie. Don't ruin your career. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> don't go to England. Um, right, on to Leicester. Um, Maguire, Harry Maguire, we'll start with him. Got a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Then basically turned into a bulldozer and Pierre wiped out. Uh, whoever it was I think it might have been Ryan Fraser um, just ran into him should that be the second yellow should he have gone um, probably yes yes I would agree with that I think it's a bit difficult for Maguire because obviously with England he plays in that back three and he's got that bit of a licence to bring yeah. the ball out and he goes he goes and plays at Leicester where they play four at the back and he's next to Morgan who who is like a good centre half but I think I could probably run faster than him. <laughs> um, and if you're in a back two, unless they don't really play it out from the back, do they no. not like England do? So, you know, he's probably... And that's what that's what Maguire likes to do. He likes to bring the ball out from the back. But when you're playing in a team that doesn't do that, he's sort of maybe having to fight against his own like natural instincts a little bit. Um, you know... Well, they've conceded nine goals this season so far. Yeah. So I do worry about their back four a little bit. Um, let me just have a look. So they conceded two against United, um, one against Southampton, 
but then obviously two against Liverpool, four against Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, they play Huddersfield in their next game, if they, and then they play the Mighty Mags. So I would ex- guarantee six points. Then, fan, if I was, I'm just going to ignore that comment. Uh, if I was a Leicester fan, I would be looking at trying to get two clean sheets in the next yeah, two games. Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, won't happen against Newcastle though. Well, we'll we'll talk about that later on. Um, the penalty decision um, for Bournemouth um, that they got with Pereira, um, it, the referee said it hit his arm. Mm-hmm. And personally, I didn't think that was a penalty. I thought he was trying to pull his arm away. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just an idiot but I, I genuinely thought he was pulling his arm away and the ball hit his arm I thought he was unlucky yeah it's one of those where he's like quite close to the ball as well yeah. isn't it so. I don't think that Fraser helped by I think it I think it was Fraser again bloody hell he's all over this podcast sponsored by Ryan Fraser Um, I think he kicked the ball up and then he turns around in a big like X shape with his arms in the air and his legs far apart to the referee and then the, Craig, Craig Pawson who is a clown just well he's an English referee and he Trigger automatically happy. falls into that clown category um, as soon as Ryan Fraser did that he's on his whistle points to the mm-hmm. so I don't I mean I don't think he had the uh, the best of games the referee but um, how often are I, we going to be saying harsh. that I thought it was harsh mm-hmm. um, Morgan's red card he's probably never been that far up the pitch on the ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just got. He's just thought, shit, I, I can't lose it, and he's yeah, just silly, he's just put his foot in, and he's probably thought to himself, he's walked off the pitch like, no oh, shit, I probably shouldn't. That have done is that. a, that is a striker's tackle. Yeah. So I was surprised when I saw that he'd made it. Well, I was surprised that he was that far up the pitch because by yeah. the time he got back, it would be Thursday. He does sort of strike me as a bloke that's a bit of a donkey when it comes to sort of his IQ. I don't know if that's just like... I being does sound like he speaks with his tongue. <laughs> horrendously stereotypical yeah. about a big centre-half. Um, but he's just sort of like put his foot in and... Yeah. Yeah, it's a red, isn't it? Yeah. Both of them. Two yellows. So, what we're saying is, Leicester, you were unlucky to concede a penalty, but you should have nine men. And no Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, Might have done better with no centre-halves. Something that we... Yeah, probably... Uh, something that we've we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks. Uh, another sponsor of this podcast, James Madison. Um, I thought if Vardy could finish his dinner, then that partnership looks very, very, very fruitful. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Great pen as well. Great pen. Great pen. Yeah. Um, Vardy had a couple of good chances created by Madison in the first half. Um, but. And I think with Albrighton on what on one side and possibly like Gray on the other side, I mm-hmm. think they're looking pretty pretty yeah. formidable at times. We've got that um, Gazal they've signed as well, yeah. looks decent. They just need to finish, don't they? Yeah, um, again I think it'll be they've had, they've got quite a few signings. I say quite a few. They've got a couple of signings that just need to bed in, I think, and that's yeah. just get used to the system of the team. I don't think Leicester are gonna be in any trouble at all. Albrighton for England? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, I think he's like a poor man's James Milner from like five years ago. Do you think? Yeah. You know I think... He's got like, of all the English players, he's got the, I think it's like the 10th most 
uh, combined goals and assists. I don't know the exact figures okay. in the la- since um, August 2015. But Troy Deeney's like fourth in that list. Yeah. I just... I just don't... I think he's a bit like a, a Leighton Baines in terms of he's Premier League quality but not quite international quality. Fair enough. Fair enough. Although everyone says that like... Premier League football's better than international football, so I don't know why people use that phrase. Oh, he's good enough for the Premier League, but he's not good enough for England. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, I think it's the the added games mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah. Um, right next up, we had City versus Fulham. Man City versus Fulham finished three 0 to Man City. Um, basically, all I've written here, I've written two things. First one, Fulham got dicked. Well, there was only ever going to be one result in this game. Yeah. The only difference with my prediction was I thought Fulham might score, but they didn't. Which is a good thing. Yeah. No Mitrovic goal this week. No Mitrovic. Um, he didn't get sent off, though. He didn't get sent off. It's a matter of time, boys. It's a matter of time. Um, from from uh, Did Fulham have a shot on target? I'd be um, surprised if they had more than... More than two or three shots on target. Match stats. Yeah, they had three shots on three target. Three shots They had nine target. shots in total. Man City had 28 shots. Yeah, that's mental. Only nine on target, though. But when you're playing a side, like... I mean, when you're Man City, you could have probably... If you're scoring a, th- uh, a third of your goals... Uh, a third of your shots, sorry. I mean, you, you're going to be like... You're going to be banging them in. Yeah. Like a third of your shots on target, it's, you're just gonna score so many goals. No, they had like when they beat Huddersfield, they had like 34 shots or something on goal, and they scored six. It's just meant like they're just so good. Mm-hmm. I don't. We're gonna run out of like superlatives. Superlatives to to talk like to say about Man City because they're just so good. And also, what I love about Man City is, and that brings me on to my next point. What I love about Man City is that it's. It hasn't, even though they've spent all this money, they've had all this success, they haven't turned into like the, they haven't turned their back on the fans. And so, and I think that was shown by the, you see the mascots they had. Mm-hmm. I think it was like Frieda and fucking Olive or something. One of them was 102 and one of them was 97. David Silver, it's the slowest I've ever seen David Silver, to be fair, walking them two out. But I'd, like after the game, Guardiola was with them and it was like that's what football is all about yeah yeah like, definitely they were, it was so good um, on Fulham um, if in my opinion if they don't learn how to manage the games against the big teams they're going to struggle yeah and you need to be keeping it tighter than that well, well they, they were goal down within two minutes with and like yeah. Zane was spare out the back as well yeah, I, I, I really, I really worry. Because um, if you look at the games that they've played this season, so um, Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, they played Spurs, they lost 3-1. Um, but they lost 2-0 against Palace. Mm-hmm. With a Zaha on the team. Away or at home? At home. They lost 3-1 to Spurs, didn't keep it tight. Mm-hmm. 4-2 to Burnley, so another two goals conceded. They conceded two against Brighton. So they've conceded at least two goals in every Premier League game this season. Yeah. I worry about that back four. And mm. even though 
Mitrovic is scoring, it's not going to last, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to last. Schürrle's not going to score every week. Seri's not going to be able to score create every week. They'll be down there. They have, they've got a great team. I think so again, for they've, million, they've changed but. the system from last year. Because I know in the championship they played with wing backs. Cause that's uh -huh. where Sessegnon got all his goals from, and they've gone to gone to a back four this year. So I don't know if it's just taking them a little bit of time to get used to that system. Maybe. Possibly. Well, maybe they should go back to that back five because it might give them a little bit more protection. Mhm. Mm um, that's enough of that. Chelsea versus Cardiff. Finished four one to Chelsea, and Chelsea had a bit of a scare at the start of the game. Went one nil down. Uh, Cardiff could have had one or two before that as well. Yeah, um, I'm going to talk about Cardiff for a minute in a positive fashion. In a positive fashion, is that allowed? Yes. Well, I I, I was listening to uh, Five Live over the last couple of weeks, six or six with um, we've got Robbie Savage on, and I can't remember what the other host is, what the post's called. He's a Welsh guy and he's a Cardiff fan. And he always says, uh, Jason Mohammed. Jason Mohammed. Mm -hmm. And he says that, well, when Chris Sutton said that Cardiff were already relegated before a ball had even been kicked, um, Jason Mohammed said that it was lazy journalism. So I've decided I'm not going to be a lazy podcaster and I'm going to give Cardiff a chance this season. Of coming nine. They're only relegated until they get relegated. Um, but their bright spark from the last four or five games is Neil Etheridge. Mm -hmm. what do he's you like think Filipino or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's got he's some the like first Filipino player. Cray nationality. Uh, yeah, I thought he had a decent game. I mean, he's conceded four goals, but I mean, there weren't really any against Chelsea. His fault. Yeah, he looks like a good keeper. He looks quality, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. I think if Cardiff do go down, he'll get a move next season. Yeah, regardless, I think. Unless he has like, unless he has like an absolute howler season, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll get a move this season. Yeah, I think that could be a good shout. Um, right, that's enough for Cardiff. Um, Eden Hazard. Talk to me about Eden Hazard. Sorry, uh, said this week. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry, said this week that he was better than Messi. Discuss. Um. I think Lionel Messi is definitely sort of at the start of the little downward curve compared to where he has been uh, but I mean like where he has been was like the best player ever potentially uh, in terms of uh, not necessarily in terms of goals scored and assists because his goals ratio is like ridiculous um, in terms of his ability to like directly influence a game maybe I might just be being biased because he was a bit average in the World Cup um, average might be being a bit harsh as well Um I think with the thing with Hazard is is he doesn't do it as consistently as a Messi or a Ronaldo. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. But when he turns it on, like he's scarily good. He's he's a such a frustrating player because he can be amazing. He was great on Saturday. He's had a really good mm -hmm. start to the season, but he's nowhere near Messi. No. I've just got Messi's stats up there, okay? For this so, season or in general? Well, in general. So let's look at the last... Let's look at since 2015-16, okay? 26 goal, goals in 33 appearances. For Lionel Messi, that's a bit of shit. But then next season, 37 goals in 34 games. Mental. 
34 goals in 36 games last season. Four goals in four games this season. And he's not like a centre-forward, is he? No, he's not a, well, he's not a centre-forward and he's 31 years old. And he's still... I mean, his career stats are crazy. Like, if you go back from that... Let me just get him up. If you go back from that... Um, the season before that, 43 goals in 38 games. 28 goals in 31 games. 46 goals in 32 games. 50 goals in 37 games. 31 goals in 33... Like, he's so consistent. Yeah. I mean, he's got, for the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seasons, since 2008-2009, he scored over 20 goals a season. Which is mental. Which is just crazy. What's his, like, overall stat? 398 goals in 454 appearances. I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? That's like he scores in it and then That's assists. just, wait there, sorry, no, that's just in the league. So overall, 567 goals in 674 games. Mental. And I bet if you factored in his amount of assists as well. Yeah. Crazy. And, it, and then internationally, you say, oh, he's like, he struggled for Argentina. Which is, like, I think he gets hit at that quite a lot. 81 goals in 151 appearances for, for Argentina. Yeah, decent. I think as well, like when he plays for Argentina, like the players he's got around him are just not that good compared to who he plays with. Yeah, I think at the World Cup he struggled because he didn't have like a Suarez mm-hmm. there, and it, like every game he started without Aguero. I mean, him and Aguero are like brothers basically, so I don't know why you wouldn't start him with Aguero there. Yeah, but. Back to Hazard. Back to Hazard, indeed. Back to Hazard. I could talk about Lionel Messi all day. For me, he's the greatest player ever. Um, but back to Hazard, I agree. He's not consistent enough. Um, he'll play well for 10 games. Pardon me. Get all the plaudits. And then have two or three games off. Yeah. I think this year they're set up to get a lot more out of him. Yeah. I think he'll potentially... Could have his best season in a Chelsea shirt, yeah, potentially. Let's hope so, because um, I think he's a great player, but I think he's not in the top five yet. In the world or in Europe? In the world. Mm-hmm. Pe- people say this, just uh, as a little side note, people say best in the world. Are you talking about best in the world as in... Uh, sorry, best in Europe as in the best players from Europe or the best players that play in Europe? Because... If you look at the other leagues in the world, I would say that none of the top ten players in the world play outside, play of, outside Europe. of the Europe. Yeah, I don't know. I'd never thought about that before. Maybe Interesting point. Um, Mebs. Chelsea's midfield trio, we touched on it last week. To, uh, on Saturday, it was Kovacic, Kante and Jorginho. Mm-hmm. Or you called him... Jorginho, Jorginho. Jorginho I don't know. And uh, until I listened to the podcast back, I was like, who is this person you talk about? Jorginho. I don't know. I think at one point you called him Jorginho. You know, I, <laughs> I just like to sound like I know what I'm doing. I'm actually yeah. fluent in... Oh, he's Italian, isn't he? So yeah. that's not how you'd say it in Italian. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Jorginho Kante and Kovacic. Kovacic missed, missed a good chance in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's looking like... Obviously, I said last week I feel a bit sorry for Kante. Um, 
playing out of position. But I've seen quite a few like polls on like Instagram and that this week about um, midfield trios in general across the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, as a general Premier League question, who would your be? Uh, who would your midfield trio be? If I could pick from anybody, if you could pick from anybody. Ooh, De Bruyne would definitely be in yeah. there. Uh, I mean, I'd probably pick Kante in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else like. A lot of people probably say Pogba, but I probably wouldn't pick Pogba. No. Um, quite a difficult question, actually. Defoe got those two in. Probably Silva mm-hmm. for playing with De Bruyne. Yeah. Imagine if those I, two had I like Kante. Have. Yeah, but I, I mean, I would pick Fernandinho over Kante. Okay. But not two seasons ago, I wouldn't have done that. Okay, fair do. But um, I probably just wouldn't have picked De Bruyne two seasons ago. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There's some really, really good midfielders in the Premier League at the mm-hmm. minute. It's great. Um, all right, next up, um, it's we have uh, Wilfred Zaha versus Huddersfield. It finished one nil to Wilfred Zaha. I did say Palace would win if Zaha played. Yeah. What goal, by the way? Great finish. Yeah, great finish. Eight goals in his last ten games. Uh, are they a one-man team? Yes. yes. I mean, they're well, they're well drilled defensively, but I mean, like. Roy Hodgson's got the got less charisma than a carrot. <laughs> That's so true. Um, uh, he looks like an owl as well. So, <laughs> not this again. Um, <laughs> after the game, Zaha made some interesting comments. Uh, about, yes. Um, about basically said that if uh, it's going to take for him to break his leg for a player to get a red card when they're tackling him. Um, I think little bit over the top. I sort of get where he's coming from because he does get because they are a one man team. Teams gang up on him, but then he's not really helped himself. By have you seen the challenge he made on a Huddersfield yeah. player? Like well, he said, he said, "Oh, that's why I lose my head," and you can't lose your head. Yeah, exactly. Because you'll get sent off, and that's why he's got form for diving and things like that. I will admit there was a tackle this week which. Could have been a red, but was probably he was probably right being a yellow. Mm-hmm. Would have been a harsh red, but we could have seen why it was given. And then the Watford tackle, I think it was Kapue or Chadley. Yeah, where it's like um, raked his studs yeah. down the back of his ankle. So I can see why he's getting annoyed, but I'm I'm a cynic. Okay, next week Crystal Palace play Newcastle. I'm gonna put a bet on Wilfred Zaha to win a penalty at Newcastle next week and the player to be red carded. Okay. It's just my opinion. And Kieran Clark or Fabian Cher or Frederico Fernandez, they're gonna get the ball clean. Have you still got Lejeune? Does he still play for you? Or yeah, not? he does, but he's out with um uh ligament damage, oh. I think. Because he was quite good for the start start he's last great. year, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna move on to us in a second, but I just think the way that he said it was a bit out of order, like coming out to the press and yeah. saying it like that. Because that, to me, now puts pressure on the referees. And I just, I think over the next couple of weeks, if he gets any sort of tackle, he's going to make such a big deal out of it. He's a great player. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Can't lose your head like that on a football pitch and can't make comments like that after. Do it in private. Do it. Do it. Go through the channels. Just don't do it in a media interview. Yeah. But, you know, he's probably come off the pitch, bit of a hot head. 
Um, but he's not helped himself with that tackle, and he, no. he does go over easier than like a yeah. stack of cards in the wind. So. Yeah. Uh, on to Huddersfield. Um, five goals in their last 15 Premier League games. Mm. Worrying. Yeah. Again, they're not set up to be attackingly sort of pleasing on the eye, are they? No. You see, they've got... But like Kachunga, Mounier. Yeah. Start of last year, they were scoring not yeah, loads. Aaron Moyle's adding into that as well. Yeah, and they just seem to have sort of, they've not got that player who they can call on to score goals when everyone else is not scoring goals. I mean, what a volley that was from Moy. If that goes in, yeah. what a goal. Um, yeah, they're going to struggle. They're, I, the way that they're playing, I was... I get a bit frustrated at like David Wagner because he was saying after the game we should have won. And it's like, no, you, you, I mean, Palace, the difference between two teams was Zaha. I mean, Palace, it would have been a draw. Mm-hmm. But they they didn't deserve to win. They didn't have enough chances. They didn't create enough. They were slow on the ball at times. Um, and I just, I, like, they, they're... Hundred percent, they're going to struggle because they can't score goals. Munier's not. De Potro was their highest goal scorer last season. I think he got seven goals. Munier got five. For strikers to score that few goals, second season syndrome is going to kick in. I think they should yeah. have invested in a striker or like a, a striker that they knew was going to score goals over the summer. I think maybe the novelty of them being in the Premier League sort of worn off as well last year. That probably carried them a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a bit sick of Huddersfield in the Premier League. Do you think their manager will last the season? He's bought himself some time by first yeah. getting them up and then keeping them in the league. Um, I'd be surprised if they sack him. Okay, fair Even enough. if they go down. Mm-hmm. He, he could be another Sean Deitch. Because yeah. they could come back up in a couple of seasons and stay up. Mm-hmm. Um... Alright, I don't really want to talk about this, but Newcastle versus Arsenal. Arsenal won 2 1. Do you not think the keeper could have done better with both of the goals? Because yes. he's got big hands to both of them. He didn't get a hand to the Shaka free kick. He was just. Okay, his I might positioning have seen that from a funny was, angle. I don't think he did anyway, but his positioning was wrong. I mean, it's a great free kick great from free there. Kick. Like, yeah. ten, like, Shaka does have the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, For me, this was the most disheartening defeat that mm-hmm. we've had. Um, even though like we've played City and Spurs and um, who else have we played? Chelsea. This of the of the of those four games is the most disheartening because Arsenal weren't great. We had a really good first half. Went mm-hmm. in the half time nils each yeah probably should have been one up and mm-hmm. um, we had the chances but I just I was listening to it and as soon as Xhaka's goal went in I was just like and I was sort like, of knew it was it just going to happen and, and you know what they, I, I, I've been listening to I listened to one of my Newcastle podcasts that I listened to over the last couple of days and they, they were saying uh, True Faith podcast shout out to the True Faith podcast it's great um, and they were saying on there that um, that the stadium was just flat. The atmosphere generally around the ground has been was was flat since the first minute, really. 
Um, there was more protests outside, but outside the stadium this time um, on Saturday, protesting Mike Ashley. And the only bright spark for me, and I know gave the free kick away for Shaka's goal, but uh, Frederico Fernandez I thought was brilliant mm-hmm. again. Um, what a cross, by the way, for Clark's goal. Yeah, great what header as well. A cross. Great, yeah, really good header. Um, but I want to talk about um, the midfield generally across the two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we started with Diame and Hayden in the middle. Yeah. Which to me was seemed weird. Obviously, Shelby's still carrying a knock. He was on the bench, but he was still carrying a knock. But we really, really miss Shelby. Um, they, the difference being that they brought on Terreira, mm-hmm. who changed the game. Yeah, he was um, coming at half time, and yeah, Shaka, um, Shaka, Terreira, Genduzi. I mean. You look at how much money's been spent on them. The front three of Ozil, who scored, uh, Lacazette, Aubameyang, 150 million between the three of them, up against Kieran Clark, Frederico Fernandez, DeAndre Yedlin, and Paul Dummett, who combined cost about, I think Fernandez was, uh, Fernandez was maximum like I think he was six million. Yeah. Clark was five million. Um. Yedlin was about three million, so you're talking like what, thirteen million mm-hmm. if you factor in a bit of cost for Dummett as well. <sighs> I I, just, I I am disheartened. I thought we could have at least got a point out of the game, but you know what? The hardest period of the season's over. We play Palace this weekend, which is a in my opinion must a win. Must win. Six even, even in even in game week, what is it? Game week six that we're going into. We've got to, we've got to get um, three points, and You're then we play home. Leicester. Uh, are we at home? What's no, we're at away, and then we play Leicester at home. Winnable though, definitely winnable. Hundred percent winnable. Um, we've just got to keep Zaha quiet, which we can do. We've done it against the big teams this season. We kept the big players quiet. Um, I was going to talk a little bit when we when we talked about Fulham. Um, I forgot to mention that the records against the top six teams of the smaller clubs and how Rafa gets criticised or whatever for playing defensively and I admit I will admit like it's not the best to watch but I would rather at the end of the season be looking and thinking fuck me we played so badly against Man City but we only lost 2-1 like we played so defensively but we only lost 2-1 but Fulham have lost 3-0 against Chelsea this weekend uh, against Man City this weekend They've already conceded more goals than Newcastle. Uh, sorry, Newcastle conceded eight goals this season. I think Fulham conceded ten. We've got a goal difference of minus four. Fulham are higher up in the table, but they've got a goal difference of minus six. And like we've played four of the top teams of the probably the top six this season. That could be crucial. It could be crucial could at be the end of the season. The well, season. we came tenth last season on goal difference. So and what's that? An extra like four million per place, isn't it? Something like that. I mean, we won't get to spend it, but that's another, mm-hmm. that's another thing. Um, yeah. So we've got Palace away, then Leicester at home, then we play Man United away, but then we, we we're on we're on that run then of teams that are of games that are winnable against teams around us: Brighton, Southampton, Watford, Bournemouth, Burnley, West Ham, Everton, Wolves, Huddersfield, Fulham, and then we play Liverpool on Boxing Day. So look at that massive. 
when we don't have any cup football to play in that time. So by the time we play Liverpool, Liverpool have played group stage of the Champions League, Carabao Cup, uh, and Premier League. We'll have only played Premier League. I don't think we'll get a result against Liverpool, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that by those that games stage, in between, yeah. by that stage, we could be on a decent run. Mm-hmm. And we beat the top we beat some of the top teams last season. Um we beat Man United and Arsenal after having good runs. And Chelsea, in fact, as well. After having good runs. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom at Newcastle at the moment. Um even though we're nineteenth. I think we've had the hardest start to the season of any of the teams in the league. And I think that we're now coming to the end of that. We're in a period now where we can go and play some decent football um, and get Rondon, in, Rondon and Shelby back in the team. Uh, on Arsenal, anyway, I'll stop talking. Um, we've spoken about Arsenal before. Um, I think that they're winning games that they would have lost last season. Yeah. I think Emery's having an effect. Uh, he's found a system where he's got Lacazette and Aubameyang in the team as well. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't want to play them up front with each other, though. Is one of them playing off? Yeah, I think Aubameyang's playing wide. Oh, he can like switchy. can do that, though. He's very quick. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think their best bet... Maybe maybe he will against the Cardiffs of this... Yeah. Well, not Cardiff, because they've played them, but like the Huddersfields and the Brightons. Maybe he will go two up top. Or maybe it's just because he doesn't have enough options on the wings, maybe. He's got a lot of central players. Yeah. Not a lot of options out wide. Mkhitaryan came off the bench. But again, he blows hot and cold. Yeah. If you're looking at their bench options, Elneny, central player, Torreira, central player, uh, Licksteiner and holding a defenders. Yeah. Ozil, central. Uh, well, I mean, Welbeck... Has played out wide for England, oh, he's but terrible. He's a terrible footballer. Even of the players they've played, Ginduzi central player, Shaka central player, Özil central player, yeah. Ramsey central, central player. Yeah. Um. We'll see. They they're doing all right. To be fair, uh, I said at the start of the season that I think they'll be up there. On the first podcast, I said I think they'll be up there, and I, mm-hmm. and I st- stick with that because uh, I think they'll get better and better. And it, when he gets another transfer window under his belt. I think he'll get backed. Um, news coming out today that um, even Gazidis has resigned as uh, what was he executive director or something like that. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, I think it's literally in the last like half hour that's come out. Um, but yeah, so we come to the last game on Saturday, which was Watford against Man United. Finished two one to Man United. Um, I saw something funny on Twitter. The other day, which was like, um, Man United's kit looks like when your mum washes your red socks with your pink, uh, your red socks with your white shirt. Um, but I love that kit. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Yeah, smart. What I don't love is Chris Smalling's hair. It's worse than mine. And that's saying something. That is saying something. It's terrible hair. I think even um, Mourinho said that his hair was shit. Maybe he thinks he'll match. get picked for England with shit hair. Maybe that's his thinking. I don't think this one worldy goal where he turned into like some sort of acrobat is going to get him into the England squad. But because um, defensively he's still on. I'd place. much rather have Tarkovsky than Smalling. I'd rather have my little toe than Chris Smalling. 
absolutely terrible. Yeah. What a finish. Yeah, cracking goal. What a finish. I, we were uh, on a gig on Saturday when this game was on and I got the goal off for Kobe, who's a Man United fan, and he uh, couldn't believe that it was Chris Smalling. What? To, yeah. What? Um, it was what a finish. Um, and one person that uh, is like key, I think, to, in in these sort of games against teams like Watford is Marouane Fellaini. Mm-hmm. He gets slagged off so much. I've had so many conversations with different people about Marouane Fellaini. For me, not a great footballer, but a great player yeah. of the game. No one else can play the, the Fellaini role. He knows his limitations. Yeah. And he very rarely goes outside of them. Yeah, he's had a great season so far. He's mm-hmm. like gone under the radar a bit. He hasn't started every game, and if I was him, I wouldn't be expecting to. But against teams like Watford, where you need a bit more oomph, yeah, you need a bit more power. It's perfect for him. He he won the initial header, I think, from the ball over. Uh, was it? Or maybe this was for the Lukaku goal. I can't remember. Ball comes over. He heads it across the box. Uh, it's I think it's cleared away. But then the ball comes back in and Smalling finishes it off. It's he is he is a class player, not a great footballer with a ball at his feet. Uh, no, but as a as a option and as a uh, a player that can like change a game and show something different, he's a he's a he's quality. Yeah, I would have him in my side. Yeah, definitely. completely agree. There's a reason that Man United wanted to keep him over the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Um, De Gea, Man United versus De Gea for Spain. He had a quality game on Saturday. He made two of probably the best saves that you'll see all season. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could have done better with their goal? He's got quite a big hand to it, but I think it's been hit so powerfully. Yeah, I mean, it's I a think great he can finish. let him off because he yeah. that save from Troy Deeney was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Why is he? So poor for Spain. Probably because he doesn't really care about international football, maybe, really? like so you many think? players. No, I mean, obviously he's going to care about playing for his country. Um, I don't know, maybe like with United, he's probably just got so used to... Having a shit defence. Having a shit defence, but like maybe obviously with Spain, he's sat on the bench for years when Casillas has been in goal. Mm-hmm. Um and like defensively they've been sound and now he's coming to the team and all of a sudden they're not as defensively sound as maybe they were before. Do you think he's so comfortable in the Spain goal because he's got Pique, Ramos, Alba, Azpilicueta, whoever's playing in front of him, in in front of him? Mm-hmm. Do you think he's just so comfortable that when a shot comes in he thinks it's going to be defended? or? Yeah, probably. So, because he doesn't see as much of the the ball in the game, maybe it's just a bit of a mental thing, Mm -hmm. do you reckon? Yeah. Because he sees, I think he made the most saves in the whole league last season. Out of all the goalkeepers. Yeah, Um, I'd be inclined. He's probably one of those keepers when he's got a little bit more to do. He's better than like when he's called upon once in 90 minutes, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But it is becoming a running theme when he's in goal for Spain. He's making... He's letting goals in that he would save. Yeah. Normally. I agree. Um, Watford, should we just relegate them now? Or, uh... <laughs> is this the start of their losing run? No, I don't think this is the start of their losing run. Um, 
I don't know who they've got to be fair. Um, coming up, let me just look it up. Um, I do think though that they they'll get more games like that mm-hmm. where they'll be denied by good goalkeeping. Um, so they've got Fulham next on Saturday. Early kickoff on Saturday should be a good one. Then they play Spurs, Arsenal, Spurs and Arsenal. Well, Spurs in the League Cup though. Um, Bournemouth, Wolves, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Southampton, and then they're in a tricky period. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool, Leicester, Man City, Everton, Cardiff, West Ham, Chelsea, Newcastle again. Arguably the hardest game they've got. Um, so I don't think this is the start. I think they'll fall away after Christmas. Possibly. Okay. Um, I think they'll they'll pick up points here and there before Christmas, but I think they'll. I think after Christmas is probably the time mm-hmm. for the struggle. Tro- interesting fact on Troy Deeney that I saw this week. I think I mentioned it earlier. He has like the fourth most combined goals and assists of all the English players in the league. I think it goes Kane, um, Kane, Sterling, Vardy, Sterling, then him. I think. Interesting. The call up. Um, I just don't think he fits into what Southgate wants to do. How many games he played for the under twenty ones? None. He's not come through the sort of the Southgate system, has he? No, that's true. Um, again, he's one of those players. I think it's Premier League quality, but not international quality. Yeah, I would agree with that. He fits into Watford's system really well. Yeah, because it's like sort of like built to play for him. Yeah, he needs the ball played with his back to goal, mm-hmm. and then he can finish. Yeah. Um. All right, next up, we have uh, Portugal versus Burnley. Uh, it was 1-0 to Portugal. Um, you know, Wolves played more have started more Portuguese players than Porto and Sporting Lisbon. Interesting. Uh, maybe Wolves should transfer many... to that league. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should. They've had, um, I had a look earlier, did my own research on this one. They've had more... They have more Portuguese, uh, sorry, the same amount of Portuguese players in their squad than as English as English players. Um, they had thirty shots on Sunday mm-hmm. and ten on target and only scored once. Uh, they've had seventy-eight shots this season and only scored five goals. What do you think about Wolves? Uh, they were chatting about this on Match of the Day. They think they need another centre-forward. Yeah, I think they'll really struggle if... Um, they don't start... Com- like It's great that they're making that many chances. Yeah. Um, they, they just brought, need to stick um, them away. Jimenez. Bonatelli, I think it was. Yeah, they've got Jimenez as well. They brought Bonatelli on at the end of the game and he was... He missed... Two or three really good chances. Mm-hmm. He showed it on match of the day. Showed one of them. Yeah. Um, two or three good chances. His ball control was unbelievably poor. Unbelievably poor. Um, I think they need to start converting chances. Mm-hmm. I think that I think they will. They've got play, the players to do it. Um, but until then, you really you do worry for them. Um, again, like their next few fixtures. I think well, they're in they're in the top ten now, but they play Man United next, um, then Southampton, Palace, Watford, Brighton. They need to get results from all of those games mm-hmm. because then they start to play Spurs, Arsenal, 
um, Chelsea, Liverpool within the next six or seven weeks. Yeah. So they need to pick up points in the next few games. Um, like I say, they're currently sat in ninth on mm-hmm. eighth points. The advantage is they've only conceded five goals this yeah. season. Um, they got a point against Man City. They'll be all right. Yeah. They'll be all right. Um, they, I like the I way they set they, up as well, play yeah, good football. I think they played really well on Saturday. Uh, on Sunday, sorry. I thought they played really well. But against a really poor Burnley side, I'm really worried for Burnley. Yeah, they, they've... Is it one point they've got from five games? Yeah, bottom of the league. Yeah. Propping up the table. Um, and they haven't had a difficult start, you know. Yeah. They haven't had a difficult start at all. Joe Hart's made more saves than any other goalkeeper in the first five games. He was quite good on Saturday, actually, Sunday. And you know what? He was great. Yeah. Don't say that lightly, because normally shit. But... Um, they haven't had a difficult start at all. They've had a difficult start in terms of they've played Saturday, uh, yeah. Sunday, Thursday every week. Mm-hmm. But um, when you look, nil nil against Southampton, three one loss against Watford, four two loss against Fulham, two nil loss against Man United, and Man United had a player sent off, um, and then one nil against Wolves. And so it's not the most difficult you would expect for a team that came seventh last season. You'd mm-hmm. expect that it would be on more than one point. Yeah. Um, they just... They don't have an outlet. So when the game is against them, they've only got big strikers. Mm-hmm. Ashley Barnes. Sam Vokes. Um, and Chris, uh, Wood. Chris Wood. They've got no... They need to get Lennon in the game more. They yeah. need to get... Um, uh, is it Robbie Brady down the other side? He plays. I think they've got a uh, Goodmanson plays left Goodmanson, wing, and then yeah, Brady plays left. need to get them back. involved more. I really like Goodmanson. He's played. He's had a couple of good seasons for mm-hmm. Burnley. Um, but the, it is worrying, worrying times if they don't start to turn the fixtures around. Um, next games against Bournemouth, they have to get three points. Yeah, big game. Big game, um, and then they play Cardiff, Huddersfield. If they don't get... They need to win. They need two. seven points. Yeah. They need seven points. Um, and then they play Man City. before. So before they go to Man City and then Chelsea, they need to get set. They need to have eight points on the board. Mm-hmm. Realistically. Um, Everton versus West Ham. Finished 3-1 to West Ham. JB's tiny tip came in again. Two out of two. Two out what of two. What are we two. on now? Must uh, be plus about a fiver. Yeah, it's about a fiver now. So I've got wiggle room to lose a couple. <laughs> Oof, I don't know about that. It's my money. Um, a few things I want to uh, touch on here. Um, the first one, I don't think it was short on match of the day. Um, but it's something that we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks. It was a tackle by Masawaku on Theo Walcott. Um, where Masawaku was high, had a high foot and he came down on... I think it was like the back of Theo Walcott's neck with his heel. Um, you watched it this morning. What did you? What did you? Record. Record. Yeah, I don't think it's an instance where Walcott's put his head down to the ball because it's coming from the air. Yeah, it's not one of those. that's sort of like bouncing around your knees and you've gone in with your head. And I think like Masuaku has not used any common sense. He must realise that Walcott's there. Yes. I think it was reckless. I think he was out of control, and I think he's a very, very lucky boy not to get sent off. I'm just watching it again now. In real time, I didn't think it was a red card. Mm-hmm. 
But every time I've watched it back, uh, I agree with you, it's reckless and dangerous. I think Walcott is to some extent putting his head down. Yeah. But I think Masuaku's so high that it has to be a red card. I think the mitigating factor is the ball has come from the air, not from like from the ground. Yes. Yeah. And it's difficult because if that was for Newcastle, I would be saying it was harsh, but mm-hmm. and but in secretly inside, I would be like, it's a red card, isn't it? Um, interesting because interesting that's come up after the last couple of uh, after the last couple of weeks. To be fair, um, Antonio Valencia um, came on the other day for uh, Arnautovic, I think it was. It was talk that Lucas Perez refused to warm up, but he released a statement yesterday saying that was absolute shite. Um, but let's talk about what about Antonio Valencia getting a look in for? Uh, do you mean Anna Valen- Do you mean no, Antonio I mean. Valencia? Oh, Mikel, Mikel Antonio, Antonio. Sorry, yeah, Antonio Valencia. Who am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Mikel Antonio. Sorry. Um, yeah. He's had a call up before he got in the England squad in Sam Allardyce's only squad, I think, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean that doesn't surprise me. Um, again, I just Allardyce, didn't he? maybe uh, he just needs a bit more game time. Yeah. There was that point, wasn't there? I think it was a couple of seasons ago where he was banging the goals in. Uh, but he's he's not really hit those heights since. Yeah. But West Ham have suddenly clicked on Sunday. I think they've I think that system suits them better than three at the back. I think um when they're playing three at the back, players like Zabaleta in the back three is just not really quick enough to no. play there. Um I think I said last. I think I said, but I said it about Wilshire in that he was playing too deep. He's not that sort of player, mm-hmm. um, and I think to some extent I was right. But I think what I realised on Sunday was that they needed someone to shield the defence rather than someone that was gonna, um, right, rather than like a playmaker in mm-hmm. there. And that yeah. player was Declan Rice, and I thought he had a great game on yes. Saturday. Um, Noble's not got the legs anymore, so he's good to just sit in that midfield and mm-hmm. Obiang to push forward. And I think that was probably the key to their success on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can play Noble and Wilshire in the same no system, in the same team. Um, Yarmolenko looks decent. What were the What was Zuma and Dinya doing? He's the he's like Sturridge. Yarmolenko is the most one-footed player. Yeah, I know. He's always going to go on. It's almost like. There you go. There you go. Oh, it's scored. one of those where if you're an Everton fan, you go, "Don't let him come in." Yeah. Like, don't let him come. Don't. Don't. Oh. oh fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> like if I was watching that, that's exactly what I'd be like. Um. So I watched this on Sunday on Sky. I went to a to Goodison Park a couple of times last season. I think once the season before, a couple of um, a couple of times the season before that. And. On Sunday, I literally couldn't hear any of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Last season, I went to the first right. Okay, so the first game I went to was uh, Apoel or whatever they were called in the Europa League. So by the time that they played Apoel at home, they were out of the Europa League. So I can understand that the atmosphere was a bit flat. The second game I went to was the Newcastle game. I've seen honestly there was more of an atmosphere at my granddad's funeral. Mm-hmm. It was just so dead. The whole ground was just like I just don't get it. It's it's a small stadium, okay? It's like you're on top of the players there, 
I mean, to 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 show how like old the stadium is and like how much of an atmosphere like you can create. Like when I went to the Newcastle game, I was sat on a bench. Like I was sat on, like they don't have like proper seats in the main stand. Uh, at the back of the main stand, they have benches basically, and um, like so it's an old stadium. It's there. It's built to create an atmosphere. You are literally on top of the players. Not a big stadium. I think it's like a thirty-two thousand stadium seater stadium or something. Mm-hmm. But honestly the atmosphere was so dead and last season I was like fair enough they don't want Allardyce here um, but you would think they've they've had a decent start to the season they've bought well over the summer they were really happy with people like Bernard and uh, Yerry Mina and Dinya coming in why is that why is it so quiet at Goodison Park yeah. I just don't I just don't understand it I don't understand it at all um, and it's something that I brought up last season. I was, I think I said to you actually last season. Oh, it it was basically like a morgue in there. Everything mm-hmm. was so quiet. And the the oh, against Newcastle, they scored. They sang one song after they scored, and then it was quiet again. It's not odd. It's it's so odd for for a, for a crowd that are, that are so could be so pumped up. And I speak. Obviously, we see a lot of Everton fans, and we speak to a lot. Of, they're all really passionate supporters. The atmosphere is just absolutely diabolical in that stadium. Yeah. The sooner they move, the better. Or it mm-hmm. could turn into another West Ham where the atmosphere is just like non-existent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The last game, Premier League game of the weekend, was last night. It was Southampton versus Brighton. Finished two-two. Um, Southampton. Some of you might not have seen any of the highlights or anything. Southampton were two up. Hoiberg uh, scored a thirty-yard. Blaster! Every time I watch it, there's like a reverse angle from uh, behind Hoiberg, and uh, he strikes the ball. And I think every time I watch it, I'm like, he's gonna miss, but it still goes goes in every time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, what a finish! Um, and then Danny Ing scores a penalty, which was definitely a penalty. Um, I think Southampton are gonna be kicking themselves, you know, two 0 up. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, Brighton's away kit looks like the Republic of Ireland strip as well. Isn't it? It's horrible. Um, Brighton pulled one back. I can't remember who scored the first Brighton Duffy. goal. Duffy. And then... Uh, Glenn Murray. Of course, course um, Brighton, are playing in a, Brighton are playing in a Premier League game, so they've got a penalty. Uh, that's their third penalty this season. Mm-hmm. Glenn Murray scored four goals this season, and three of them have been penalties. Um, His fourth goal in five games. Three. Well, what a finish by Heiberg. Mm-hmm. What a finish. Um, but a player that got in the England squad, a sort of, uh, sort of a, after Jordan Pickford's horrific mistake on Sunday, um, I think Alex McCarthy deserves a good chance in the England squad, personally. Yeah, he's had a couple of call-ups. Um, he's always been a good keeper, solid second signing on a FIFA, yeah. my uh, backup keeper. He made an unbelievable save mm-hmm. yesterday. Can't remember who it was. I think it was like Knockart or someone. What a save! So he has it in his locker. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while. He's keeping Fraser Forster. He's kept Fraser Forster out the side for a while. Uh, another ex England goalkeeper. What do you think? Am I am I just being reactive? No, I think he's nailed on for that. Um, certainly, while Nick Pope's out injured. Yeah. Um, sort of nailed on for that third goalkeeper spot because I think Southgate said about. 
Um, Joe Hart, we know what he can do, we know what he can't do, well, we know what he can't do. Um, <laughs> I think sort of the same about Tom Heaton, know what he can do. So, I think yeah. he deserves a chance, personally, over, over Butland. Yeah, I think uh, we've got a friendly coming up against the United States. I think that'll be a really yeah. good game for McCarthy to start. Yeah, although goalkeepers normally have howlers against the States, don't they? Yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> Rob Green! Um, Danny Ings, again. Uh, he has now scored as many goals for Southampton as he scored for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Three. Uh, he was hampered by injury at Liverpool, obviously. Do you think that he made a mistake by going to Liverpool from Burnley? No, because when he got injured, he was just starting to sort of break into it. And even at the back end of last year, he was regularly coming off the bench. Um, but I think, because he was out for two years, wasn't he? Yeah. I think going forward, that's going to help him because when he's 30, he's not going to have a playing age of 30. Yeah. Um, I just think you worry, has he lost a bit of his pace that he maybe had? He's still but, causing problems, though, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think he's gone to a club where he's going to going to play lots so yeah. good good move I think I think it was unfortunate uh, I'd l- like to think he'd get a chance at a bigger club than Southampton again at some point at both. some point um, cool so a couple of last uh, last things to talk about uh, Bolton versus QPR finished 2-1 to QPR no administration for Bolton no points deduction but a poor poor game on, on Saturday Um you're, you haven't actually seen the highlights yet again. I refuse to Useless watch. Useless bastard. Useless. Uh, I talking, have watched Are you talking about Steve McLaren or I'm me? I'm talking about you. Although it's applicable for McLaren as well. QPR had some really good chances in the first half. Mm-hmm. Could have been 3-0 at half-time. Oh, um, by the way, I meant to tell you, it's um, Ben Anik didn't play for Newcastle. It was Jack Anik. Was it Jack Anik? Yeah. Oh, is that... Oh, this well, is a different person. Different per- oh, well, I shouldn't have voted for him then, should yeah. I? Yeah, whoops. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bolton, um, news on administration, anything? I know he paid off he the pa- debt. He paid off the debt after, uh, like, how, unne- how unnecessary was that whole few days? No, I know. Ugh. Well, as you said last week, no news, is, no news was no good news. No news was good news. Was I think... Out. I just think we worry about playing at home quite a lot because, like, I know I've got family that um, had season ticket have had season tickets at Bolton, and this year they've actually like gotten rid of them. Oh really? Yeah, they said they'd rather go watch Man City ladies. Cheaper, better quality of football. Um, also, as well, I know the Championship is really difficult. You're playing two games a week a lot of the time. I still don't think Parkinson's found his best starting eleven. More changes again. In fact, obviously, people like uh, Vela, Vela, um, McGinnis and Wiltshire have started quite a lot of games and they were all on the bench this week. Mm-hmm. Um, probably didn't help with the distraction of administration. Yeah. I imagine training was fairly hampered. So, you know. I, I would I would agree with that. You've got... Um, I'm just trying to get the fixtures up for, for tomorrow. Uh, for tonight, sorry. So, you play... Who do you play tonight? Or tomorrow. Uh, oh, I think it's Middlesbrough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Middlesbrough tomorrow. Home or away? Away. It's on Sky. Ooh. Maybe we should get you and Tut in the same room. Maybe. Maybe we should do Jaff Pod Live commentary. Jaff Pod Live. That would be great. I mean, isn't. Maybe one day. Maybe, Maybe one day. 
um, we get more all than four of our listeners. listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you play ball. Uh, he's playing Middlesbrough tomorrow, which I don't think you'll get anything no. out of. Um, and then on Saturday, you play Ipswich away. Mm-hmm. Ipswich haven't had the greatest start, if I remember rightly. I think they're down there. Yeah, bottom of the league. Should get three points on Should Saturday. Be shouldn't three you? points on Saturday. Um, I'd take four points from the next two games. Yeah. So would I. We'll see. You have to, you have to let the championship get up and running a little bit. Yeah. Because. Well, take. I mean, like I said, it never settles down really. The championship yeah, does it. Um. League One review. Um, Sunderland lost two one to Burton. Um. Which reminded me of the time that they got relegated from the uh, uh, championship by losing two one to Burton. Zlatan uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Ibrahimovic, what a goal! What a goal! Um, he scored his fifth hundred. That was his five hundredth goal of his career. He joins Messi and Ronaldo as the only active players with five hundred career goals. Uh, and I saw someone say the other day that he wasn't a very good player. Do you think he's in the top ten players in the world? No, no, not now, not now. I was just wondering because he doesn't play in Europe. The thing is, with Zlatan, is that he is an amazing player, but I don't think he's... I think every team has probably got a little bit better after he's left. Yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. Inter. Inter. PSG. Yeah. You can't can't say that about United. No, well, United have always been shit. Since since Sir Alex left, anyway. So, yeah, so you know, oh, he's very arrogant, isn't he? Yeah, but I love that about him. Yeah, it's I really love that. I really love that. Did a, that goal remind you a bit of? I mean, reminded me of Michael Owen in Euro two thousand and four. Zlatan is much more difficult to pull off yeah. because he's done it on the full. But that sort of like flick into the corner yeah, of the goal, it's decent. It's a great finish. Yeah, it's a great finish. And I thought we should just have to mention it because it was yeah. quality. Um, Champions League starts tonight. Um, I we're not going to go into each game. Um, but what I want in because we're coming to the end is one word and that is your winner of the Champions League my winner of the Champions League I mean it's hard to look past Real Madrid really but you know is it three times in four years they've won it yeah. so uh, I mean it's very hard to look past them isn't it uh, I think City might have a run this year this is the longest one word ever. Real Madrid. Has Real to be, Madrid, has to be no way. Um, I'm going to go for Barcelona. Okay. But as you say, could be City. Um, all right, so the last two weeks, we come to our final segment of the show. The last two weeks, you've done so well on JB's Tiny Tip. Right, so well. Cool. I'm currently, let me just have a look. I think I won two pounds seventy on the first week. Mm-hmm. Let me just get it up. Yeah, two pounds seventy on the first week, and I won three pound ninety on Saturday. Cool. So I'm currently just over a fiver up. Excellent. Let me just log into Skybet. Who is your? I hope these are going to get more and more cray as we go through the weeks because. Cray. Because well, I'm going for a pretty safe one, but I don't know if this will be an option. I want to know what the odds are on City to beat Cardiff by four or more goals. Oh, okay. Because right. three would be a bit safe, wouldn't it? 
Four or more goals. Let me have a look. See if I can find it. But then they are playing Champions League this week. But I still think they'd bat them. I can do full-time result and over... Th- oh, I can do over- team to score three or more goals. Let me have a look. Is that on Saturday? Yeah. Are they playing tonight in the Champions League? Yes. They're be. four to six. Yeah, that's not that's not a very good bet to make. No, is that's it? a terrible bet. Terrible. I would win sixty seven pence. Yeah, we won't we won't go for that. So what is JB's tiny JB's tip of the week? JB's tiny tip of the week. Um What do you fancy about Wolves to hold Man United to a draw? Okay. Let's go for that then. Wolves to hold Man United to a draw is... Is that a Saturday kick-off as well? Yeah. Wolves to hold Man United. Three to one. Yeah, solid shout. Let's do it. So we'll win... Well, we'll win three quid, but we'll get four quid back. There we go. There it is. So, if everyone's been betting... Doing JB's tiny tip this week, they'll be very happy because they'll have won a little bit of money. Like me, I'm quite happy. Indeed. So far. Um, we've put a poll up on the Instagram uh, this morning, which is to do with our uh, our theme tune. tune. Yeah, it's up. So go and have a vote on that. Um, anything else that you want to say about this week? I'm excited for the Champions League to start tonight. I'm going to sit in my pants and watch the Champions League. Had anyone else voted apart from me, by the way? No, I voted as well. Let's have let's have a quick look just before we finish. It was hundred percent. Yeah, it was. That was me. <laughs> yeah, and me. I bet Naomi's voted. Naomi tweeted this week, being like, "I hate it." Uh, let's have a look. Oh, okay. We've had two questions as well. Ooh. Let's just do these before we finish. Bolton Borough prediction. Uh, 2-0 Borough. 2-0 Borough. Thanks for uh, thanks to Elliot Tuck for that question. And Claire Sacco, is Mitro on fire? Is um, he fuck? He will be if he gets 15 goals this season. And we've had four votes on our thing. Everyone said it's fully boss. Excellent. So there we go. The theme tune stays so far anyway. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday next week, I think, to have a little review of the Champions League fixtures yeah, uh, and to have a little look at um, the Premier League fixtures that have happened over last weekend. Uh, get your questions in at hashtag JaffPod and at JaffPod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll speak to you all next week. Thank you very much. Bye. <sighs>